This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Welcome to Oasis City Church, Columbus. Ah, well, good morning, o- Oasis City. And thank you again for the birthday wishes. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, um, just a few weeks ago, me and Colin, you know, because I did ask if he'd preach with me and he said yes. And then we really didn't talk about it, you know, because I didn't think he was wondering if it was happening. And uh, but a few weeks back, um, we were just talking and we're like, hey, man, what should we, um, you know, kind of thinking about subjects and praying. And then we were just talking about the Lord and and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And we just got into a conversation which led to some unique perspectives because Cullen as a 19-year-old and me as a 47-year-old, we... Uh Uh-oh. Just exposed Pastor Lynn's... I don't even got no money. Just taking this away. We'll celebrate her 50th before my 50th. So we'll just... I'm just saying. I was just, just saying. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the, you know, let's get back to the cameras here before they show bloodshed or something. But Cullen and I were talking about the Lord, and I was asking him about his experience with the Holy Spirit. And so he was he was reminding me of some, some things that the Lord was showing him and such. And I was talking to him about my, um, being raised and, and experiences I had with the Holy spirit. And so we just said, man, let's just talk about this a little more. So today's title is let's talk about the Holy spirit. Let's talk about the Holy spirit. Um, one of the things that we teach here at Oasis city and we teach at covenant church is that there's no such thing as a junior Holy spirit. So the same spirit that your children have um, of the Holy Spirit, the same portion is the same that we all have as born-again believers. There's no junior and senior Holy Spirit. There is, however, a different level of understanding of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we continue to mature as members of the body of Christ. That's why it's not enough just to receive the Holy Spirit and then we just end our relationship right there. No, it's actually just the beginning of us learning about the Holy Spirit, learning how um, he wants to function in and through our lives. So, Cullen, I know you... you, um, know the Lord and such, and you've been around now for 19 years. So let's just talk about, tell us a little bit about your relationship with the Lord and you being a Christian and just how you've kind of come along the way. Yeah, I think I'm a Christian, hopefully. (laughs) 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 
Um, yeah, so my relationship, obviously, I've been in church my whole life. Started at the church that's watching. Hello, CCOP. Um, that was That's where I grew up, and then I came here. And then soon after, really, yeah, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, you got water baptized first, didn't you? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> okay, go yeah, I got water baptized in the Holy Spirit, actually at the community center where the church first started. And it was actually by a special man in my life, I guess. Um, this guy, at that time it was Pastor Bill. And it was a, it, looking back on it, it was a sewer moment because not a lot of people get the honor of having their dad baptize them. So thank you, dad. And then about four years ago, I wanted to dunk him again. I'm just letting you know. But I, I know that biblically the first one worked, but we're just, okay, okay. <laughs> And then about four years later, I got the other kind of baptized. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit through tongues. And it was actually right there to my left. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a, um, a prayer night or a worship night or something like that. I don't really remember. And this guy next to me, Pastor Bill, um, he... <laughs> He just asked, is there anybody who hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And me, not being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was like, screw it. And I raised my hand. I was like, I'll do it. And then I was like, and I was nervous. I was nervous at first because everybody kind of looks at you. You know, you raise your hand. Everybody's like, oh, that guy. Uh-huh. And, and I was also Pastor Bo's son. Um, but I was like, it's my time. So I went over, right over there, and after a prayer, um, I began to speak in tongues. Mm. Didn't really know what that meant, though, or all that came with. All that I knew, though, is this was the first step in my walk with the Holy Spirit. It was kind of like watching a sequel movie for the first time. It's great, but you kind of got to watch the first one to really understand what's happening. And that was like my first step in learning the Holy Spirit. Now, that's like really good analogy. <laughs> I did not think that one up. So that was really good. You watch the sequel first, then you're like, oh, I got to go watch the original. Yeah. All right. Star Wars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so at the same time, we both have the same Holy Spirit. But we have different encounters with the Holy Spirit, and we have different maturity levels in understanding the Holy Spirit. And we have different levels of understanding the Word of God that teaches us. And we have different understanding of receiving wisdom um, and revelation, but we have the same Holy Spirit. So um, what was some of the things that was important for you to learn? You got baptized at 10, baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, at 14. You've grown up as a teenager, which is not the easiest thing to do. So in these last, you know, five years of walking with the power of the Holy Spirit, what are some of the things you've learned? Well, the first thing that I had to learn was that the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. And that's like a simple term or whatever, but it's so important to realize that it's three in one. And that actually the Holy Spirit was the first God represented in Scripture. I mean, a lot of people, I didn't realize that for a long time. And so I'm going to show you guys. 
Genesis 1-2. Genesis 1-2, okay. The earth, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. The Holy Spirit was involved in our creation. It wasn't just God the Father or even God the Son, but there was there's another that often gets forgotten. God, the provider, yeah, he, he six days and he made this amazing, this amazing planet in the heavens and all the amazing animals. And then there was Jesus. I mean, he, and he didn't just provide that. He provided his only son too. And then he, you know, provided Jesus and Jesus was obviously so important. And we all really know about Jesus. Um, he came on this earth a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. I don't know how that's possible like mathematics wise, but God created math. So I'm not going to judge him. (laughs) Jesus was so important because he was our savior, but you know what? He spent 33 years on this ghetto earth and he was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done here. Like this is a little much. So what he did was scripture shows us that he said he sent somebody actually greater uh-huh. Which is crazy because he's, you know, Jesus. But the reason is, is because, like I said, he was 100% man. He couldn't be everywhere at once. The Holy Spirit, though, is a person who can be everywhere at once. Right. Through, through scripture, through us, through friendship. He's our helper. Wow. So the, I mean, I think the part that, we often miss in the church is the concept of the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. But oftentimes it's like God, the father, God, the son, and the Holy spirit. Do you realize that we, we don't speak God, the Holy spirit and recognizing that. And I think that that is an an understanding that we have to have in the body of Christ um, to be able to really have the encounters with him that he desires for us. Yeah. So in church, we oftentimes, we celebrate Jesus um, and how he got up, how he rose, but we never celebrate what he left for us. And that's the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 18 says, and I will pray the father. In Greek, that word pray actually means ask. So we'll like, you know, I did my research, so. We'll, 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 we'll say it like that. So I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Circle that word helper. We're going to come back to it, but it's important that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world could not receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. There was a reason why Jesus called him a he. He didn't say an it. He didn't say the a spirit. Mm-hmm. He said he because the Holy Spirit is a person. Right. And that might sound crazy, but there's a reason why. Jesus described him as a person because how are you going to have a relationship with someone that you don't see as a person? Ooh. So it was important that Jesus described him to, to his disciples, like, hey, because he could have said, hey, this, 
this spirit is going to be with you. But no, he described him like he's me and you. Like, this guy is going to be your helper. He's going to walk with you. He's going to guide you. He said, I will not leave you orphans. Basically saying, I will not leave you alone. Right. They had no idea. They thought maybe, oh, another, I guess there's going to be another Mary situation. But no. It was it was different. But it but he sent another, which is still God. The Holy Spirit is actually the one the God that is working on earth today that might mess with some theology, to be honest, because you think about it, God, the father, I mean, think about it. When Jesus was praying to God, the father, he said, our God who art in heaven, God, the father, he's in heaven. He's, he's doing his thing. Jesus, he, he said, it's finished. He, he ascended into heaven. I mean, he literally said he's scripture said that he's seated at the right hand of the father. Jesus is just in a lazy boy, just chilling right now. He's praying, he's interceding, but he's chilling. <laughs> and the reason, he, the reason he is because he sent somebody, like he said, greater. So he's like, hey, my work is done. Oh. I died for all these fools. Yeah. I love y'all, but I'm out of here. But that's important. It's important because it's like, it's like track. It's baton. It's, they're, they're passing batons. The Holy Spirit is that last baton. But that's the baton that's never going to get passed again. Woo! So we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the final leg in the race. <laughs> the scripture says that Jesus, the scripture teaches us that Jesus is, is a man in heaven, the man Jesus in heaven. Jesus is not a spirit in heaven. Jesus is the man. He has his new body, that the new body that we will one day have. He's the example of it. And his body right now has holes in his hands and, and has a, a piercing of his side and has holes in his feet because he, he is God and he's the man and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that is prevalent in the earth, omnipresent, all-knowing, omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful. So I loved what you said. I want to go back to the John 14 scripture a second ago um, in, in verse 16, if we can put it up. I pray to the Father, he give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And in it, um, the word helper, I love the um, amplified Bible here in helper because it breaks down um, different definitions of this word helper. A lot of translations will say advocate, some say comforter, but here's what the amplified says. It says the helper, this word in the Greek can be translated these different ways. Counselor, intercessor, advocate, standby, and comforter. And, you know, we were talking about this um, just recently about, okay, Cullen, what do you think that word helper means? Cause when, when you, when you had this scripture in your mind, you went straight to the new King James. I was like, come on. True. True. true, true. <laughs> so the, the first description here, counselor, what does that mean to you? So again, here I am as a grown adult, here you are as a young adult and man, that's hard to, for, to even say right now, but, um, but Let's talk about how we look at the scripture. What's the word counselor to you? Basically, he's like the IFM of like, you know, and he provides wisdom. Yeah. He provides wisdom when we need him. Okay. Um, all right. So he's counselor. He's the intercessor. Uh, what does that mean to you? 
the intercessor, it's some, to me, it's like, he's the one who prays for us, but also through us. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we know Romans chapter 8 shows us that, that the Holy Spirit prays through us even when we don't know what to pray. And that's the benefit of a prayer language. And some of it is groanings and moanings too deep to even utter, too deep to even give words to. So, okay, intercessor. All right, how about the next word? Advocate. What does that mean to you? Advocate. He's basically, he's our defense. He's our defense attorney. He's basically our Johnny Cochran. I mean, it's basically what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. Might be a double homicide. He's still going to be with us. All right, hold on. You are not old enough to know who Johnny Cochran is. Netflix. The People versus OJ. That's a great series. I ain't going to lie. It's a great series. We may have to edit this part of the uh, broadcast, so just come. we'll come right back in. If there's a hard edit, you'll know. <laughs> All right. The next, the next word. Now, this one was stood out to me in the Amplified version because I hadn't seen it um, in studying the scripture and other translations. And it's standby. He's our standby. Standby. When I think of standby, I think of a wingman, somebody who's not just with us, but or behind us, like a defense attorney. But he's also beside us. He's beside us, walking with us, holding our hand as as a best friend. Mm. He's not just our God, but he's our, he's our friend. Yeah. He sits closer than a brother. That's auntie's favorite scripture. She wrote a song with that in it. Oh, like, come on. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got to sing it more. When I think of wingman, I think of Top Gun. I think of Iceman, you know what I mean? Being the wingman. So I like that. I like that term standby. Okay. So the final one is comforter. So how is he your comforter? The Holy Spirit is our comforter because he's our blanket when we're cold. He's our protection. He's our, our helper. He's our guide. But he's our, I mean, he is our comforter, but that doesn't give us the right for him to like make us feel comfortable. And what I mean by that is, is like, that, that was pretty good. I had to, I had to think about this one. I don't think he needs egged on at all. Let's just. But what I'm trying to say is. No, but that was really good. So what do you mean by that? He's, he's, it's not his job to make us comfortable. Yeah. What I mean by that is we have to meet him halfway. Like that doesn't give us the right to be lazy Christians just because we realize there's a Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. Oftentimes, like when people ask me, oh yeah, you're religious. I'm like, kind of. Like, yeah, I'm religious, but I'm a Christian, but it's more of a relationship. Oftentimes, like when you're with the when when you when you're with somebody, you don't want to cheat on them, not because they gave you a set of rules, but it's because it's a mutual love. And to me, it's like when I think of religion, I think of just a set of rules that I have to follow to make make sure that God's happy with me. But you realize that he's happy with you no matter what. And that doesn't mean that doesn't give you the right to, to do yeah, to sin. But it, but it means that like when you have a relationship with him, you don't want to do those things because it's mutual. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the comforter. Um, 
another portion in, in the book of John says, Jesus is talking, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will teach you. So the Holy Spirit is also a teacher. That's in John 14. So how is he your teacher? Well, that's an easier one, you would okay. think, just because obviously if he's our teacher, then he's our guide. It gives us all these scripture rules, you know, things to follow. But oftentimes I think we actually ignore the Holy Spirit's existence. Mm. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes we think we're smarter than the Holy Spirit because he's just a spirit. But I want to tell you guys this scripture describes the Holy Spirit as an omniscient God, meaning all knowing. And what, and what that means is like, as humans, we, we base everything on our past and present. He's all knowing. He bases everything on past, present and future. Yet we ignore him. Whoa. Why? Because we don't, how do I want to say this? We devalue people we don't know. Like, if, if we look at the Holy Spirit, sometimes I think, honestly, Dad, like, this is actually a real thought. I, like, I'm not trying to, like, just say this as, like, a joke. Like, I really mean this. Oftentimes, I wonder, why is his name the Holy Spirit? Why isn't it, like, Dan? Because maybe if it was Dan, we would see him as a person, and we wouldn't take him for granted. Like, Jesus has a name, Jesus. That's why we don't see devalue him. Right. Right? Because yeah. we see him as a person. Woo! We have to realize that the Holy Spirit is not just an influence. He's not just some power. He's not just this mysterious entity. When you think about the word Holy Spirit, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, he's just some mysterious thing. No, he's a person that walks with you and beside you. Scripture actually shows that he has personality traits. And I think the reason for that is it gives personality. It gives him, it gives him like almost like human form, like, cause he is God. He is just like Jesus. Right. Ephesians 4 talks about how the Holy Spirit can be saddened. Yeah. Acts talks about how the Holy Spirit can be angered. Like lied there's to, yeah. or and or lied to. Yeah. Like there's all these things. Why? Because without that, we would just take the Holy Spirit for granted and not realize how important he really is. Woo. Very good. Very good. And I love the fact that you mentioned um past, present, and future, because that's how we make our decisions. You know, our government makes decisions on past behavior of other governments. And, you know, we as humans, that's how we make our decisions. But we have an opportunity to partner with one who makes decisions over our lives based upon our past, our present, and our future. And that's the importance of the gifts of the Spirit. And that's why Paul says, man, I wish you would all prophesy. Why? Because it speaks of the future. So you can function in the Holy Spirit of things for your future. And you can line up your present to know where he wants you to be in your future. And I think that's, you know, kind of what you're saying. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift God ever sent us. I yeah. mean, in all honesty, like there's nothing greater than the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about the spirit here. I want to go into a scripture in John chapter 20, uh, in verse 22. Now this is the resurrected Jesus who is speaking to his disciples. So this is the Jesus in his resurrected body. You know, this cool body that I just talked about a few minutes ago. I mean, it's such a unique body that you can touch it. You know, Jesus said, you know, touch, he touch 
my wounds. So you could touch him physically. His resurrected body, he, he shared a meal with his disciples. He ate food. So he has some type of digestive system uh, and taste buds. But it's also a resurrected body that he walked through a wall. So you can touch it, but yet he can walk through a wall. I mean, this was kind of cool. Like our bodies that are failing now, we have a great hope of the future, don't we? So this is the resurrected Jesus. And here's what he announces and says to his disciples who are supposed to carry out his mission. In John 20, verse 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the the Holy Spirit. Now, the one thing to even look at this is this is not a recommendation. This is a command. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't give recommendations. When he spoke, he spoke in command form. He gave us instructions. So it was for them, but it's also for us today because there was a prophecy that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And they were about to go and pray and receive the Holy Spirit that we see on Pentecost Sunday in Acts chapter two. But when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive. And that's an interesting point that that he used his breath as an indication of receiving Holy Spirit. And the Greek word breathe here is parallel to the Hebrew word in Genesis 2, where God breathed into Adam's nostrils. And this word means, this word of breath is life, receiving the Holy Spirit. You're receiving the life of the Holy Spirit. But receiving the Holy Spirit after Pentecost Sunday is a different experience. It's receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. So just like every one of us, whether you're young or old and you are a new creation in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. You have the indwelling of the Spirit within you, but that's not enough. It doesn't stop there because there's another experience. So uh, just like Cullen was saying, he was water baptized when he was 10 years old. And I had the privilege of baptizing him in the Westerville Community Center in the public pool when we were a portable church and, and we did baptisms there. And it was really cool. But how many of you have been water baptized? Raise your hand. Covenant Church, raise your hand if you have been water baptized. Yep, just raise them up. Okay, so every person who's water baptized, you didn't baptize yourself. Doesn't count. Every person who's water baptized needs a baptizer. And water baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and our, our receiving of that. So we go down and we come back up, the resurrection. So we need a baptizer. But when Jesus talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will come and baptize us, and the Acts 2 experience of the, of the New Testament and the New Covenant Church, um, Jesus now is our baptizer. He's the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so as, he's, as we, we see this, we see baptism in water is one thing, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is often looked at as something that comes upon us. It's a baptism from above. It's like standing under a waterfall. You still get fully immersed. Your head is completely under the water, but it's a different direction. It is a baptism that comes upon us. Let's just take a look at this in a moment here. Um, and in Acts chapter 8. Now, before we get to Acts chapter 8, recognize this. From Acts chapter 2, Pentecost Sunday onward, from Acts 2 in the New Testament, 
The term receiving the Holy Spirit always refers to the Pentecost experience. It no longer refers to the salvation experience in the New Testament. So receiving the Holy Spirit, you have when you are born again, you receive the life. But from here on out, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's about having a baptism encounter with the Holy Spirit. Look at this in 8, uh, chapter 14 through 17. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them to Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might, watch this, receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they did what? Received the Holy Spirit. Here's a great example. The apostles in Jerusalem hear about this. They go, they send them Peter and John. What did they send Peter and John to? Believers that were there. And so Peter and John, they go down to to meet these new believers that they might do something, not believe, but receive. And not receive the Holy Spirit as in regenerated life, but receive another expression, another baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it says that they may receive because he had not yet fallen on them yet. There wasn't the baptism, that waterfall baptism yet. But look at what happened. Uh, these people were already baptized, so they were already water baptized, and the, and Peter and John are like, oh, you need the second baptism. And today, we all need the second baptism. We all need the second baptism. And so, then, verse 17, they laid their hands on them, and guess what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. Um, when, when we talk about receiving the Holy Spirit, there is life transformation yet again. From Acts 2 onward, from Pentecost onward, we never read in the scripture that Peter went back to fishing. But he went back to fishing after he received the life of the Holy Spirit and Jesus was resurrected. So the salvation experience only took Peter so far. What happened after that is he's radically changing and spreading the gospel, becoming an apostle and planting churches and expressing this new life in the Holy Spirit because the new receiving of the Holy Spirit was a second experience and it was to radically transform him under the power of the Lord. So here we have Acts 19. This is the only other scripture I'm gonna give as an example of this, but you see many examples of this, particularly in the book of Acts. But here's the cool thing. Paul comes to Ephesus and he meets disciples. Now, not just believers, People that just got saved, they're believers. But he meets disciples. That means people who are trying to be like Christ. They're being Christ followers. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 19. Um, but, But Paul recognizes there's still something they're lacking in their experience. They're disciples of Christ, but they're lacking something. So take a look in verse one. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, 
John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who came after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, watch this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Wow. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here's disciples. Man, they love Jesus. I mean, they were transformed. They're born again believers, but they weren't water baptized. What a day. They got, they got like two in one here. They got water baptized and they got spirit baptized. And this is a representation of what every believer, every disciple needs. We all need to be water baptized. He's like, Hey, you were baptized. Oh, John's baptism. Okay. That doesn't count anymore. We need the baptism into Jesus now. So they're all baptized in the name of Jesus. And then Paul's like, Oh, we're not over yet. We just dunked you. You're still wet. You're still towel drying. But here's what happened. He laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Being born again is having the indwelling, the inflow of the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is the outflow. And an outflow is your prayer language. An outflow is being able to be a prophetic people. An outflow is operating in the gifts and functions of the Holy Spirit. And as an apostolic and prophetic church, the scripture tells us, makes it clear that the church of Jesus Christ is founded on the, is on the foundation of apostles and prophets. So we have apostolic and prophetic function in the church. What do they represent? They represent a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's where fivefold ministry, the equipping of the saints happens because we we honor the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not just an experience of bo being born again. And this is how the gifts of the Spirit is poured out. So Cullen, um, I love the, the story because I remember that night of worship when you were 14 years old. I remember calling up people, just kind of having a word of knowledge that um, we needed to pray for people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can't remember how many people came forward, but I think it was, you know, it was in the teens, like 12 or 16 people re received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I remember that experience that you had right there, on that piece of carpet at 14. And it was a special moment. Um, however, it didn't stop there because about a year later, so you're, you're water baptized, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now you, you have the Holy Spirit. Um, but a year later at 15, it was like you had another wave or another waterfall experience. So tell us about that. Yeah, I like to call that experience, yeah, another waterfall. Okay. It was like almost like two baptisms. Um, basically, when I was 15 years old, our youth group, the OC leaders at the time, we went to Toronto, led by Pastor Jake and Pam, our fearless leaders. Um it was an amazing time. It was an amazing conference. I wouldn't change that experience for the world. And I mean, the spirit was moving. Great, great worship, amazing speakers. I was actually the first and only conference I've been to where there was no chairs. Like we, 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 and the, <laughs> the funny thing is, the yeah, funny thing is the coming. first night we didn't realize what was going on. And like everybody else had blankets and we were just like, Oh, this is how this works. In the first night, we were like the only group that was like just sitting on the floor without any blank. People had like lawn chairs and all kinds of stuff. Like, so this conference you're speaking of is in Toronto at Catch the Fire Church, and it's their annual youth conference. So we sent student leaders there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the conference was great, but that wasn't where I, that wasn't 
where I received that waterfall anointing again. Okay. It was actually on the bus ride back. Wow. Which is crazy. There was about, I think we fit in like a 12 passenger. So there was probably, there was like 10, 12 of us. Is there anybody here that went to the conference? Ian, you here? Oh, all right. Come on. Ian, we got hands Derek, out here. All right. Anna, all right. Yeah. Naya, Skylar. It was, it was amazing. And basically what happened was we were just, I think Pastor Jake kind of, I don't know how exactly it started, but Pastor Jake kind of, we just went around saying like how, how we liked the conference. How was it? And it turned into this like prophetic moment of, it turned into us actually prophesying over each other on this little stinky white bus, eight hour ride. It just turned into this, 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 uh, this crazy moment. I mean, and that was the first time I realized, wow, I'm prophetic. I never, I never thought of myself as like somebody who can prophesy or, or somebody who could do anything like that. And I didn't know what I was doing until actually pastor Jake was like, do you guys realize this is, you guys are prophesying over each other. This is not just words of encouragement. Right. And it was crazy. I mean, we're all crying, holding hands on this bus ride late at night. I think we left, we left at like the middle of the day. We didn't get back to like one, 2 AM. Like it was, it was that experience radically changed my life. I'm pretty sure that pastor Jake actually was like driving around in circles. It was an eight hour ride. It was eight hour ride. And we're, and we're in Westerville around the church and he's just doing loops. We have no idea because all of our eyes are closed because we're crying and we're just, and we're just having this amazing intimate moment. And Pastor Jake is just driving around. That's awesome. Yes. So kudos to Pastor Jake because he, I mean, that's a leader right there because he didn't let the moment end. Even though it was 1am, he continued to press in. So kudos to them too. You guys are amazing. I wouldn't be here on the stage without your guys' guidance, and I truly mean that. So thank you so much. But yeah, so that experience was the was the first right. well first time that I like felt the Holy Spirit in a moment that wasn't just in church. Like it was I actually I felt like in that moment that God was actually reintroducing himself to me. Like it wasn't like I knew God and the Holy Spirit existed, but that point I was like, wow, this Holy Spirit thing is real. Like he's a real thing. He's really with me and beside me because I was doing things that I, I never thought I could do with my best friends and, and, and loved ones. Like it was a moment that I would never forget. And I just am just so thankful for that experience because the year after that was like, I think COVID happened. So that experience was so important to me and I'm so glad I went. It changed my life forever. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And as a parent, it's one thing that you're, you know, to watch your kid have an amazing experience. Okay. Um, but what I saw was some immediate change because I'm not on the bus. You know, I, I, I'm hearing stories uh, and I'm, I'm hearing the story and I'm celebrating it. Well, it was a couple nights later, um, I, Lynn and I were asleep uh, in our bedroom and I could hear Cullen at our door going, dad, 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 you wake? And I was like, no, no, I'm not awake. 
He's like, Dad, I need, I got to show you something. I'm, I, it's happening. It's happening. This is happening. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, you know, opening my eyes. And I could see him at our door. And he's got his uh, iPhone, you know, flashlight on. And I could see that he's looking at papers. And I'm thinking, what in the world? He comes right over to my side of the bed. He's like, Dad, Dad, it's right here. This is happening. And I'm, I still don't have any clue. And I, I was like, what, what are you talking about? He said, Dad, these are my prophecies. These are my prophetic words. And so rewind, when our kids receive prophetic words when they're young, Lynn and I always print them out. And we we pray over them, of course, but we give them to our kids. And so, uh, and sometimes I'll reprint them. And, you know, I, they walk in the room and they're hanging on their wall or they're on their pillowcases. Uh, we do that. But I had done that multiple times for you, but... It was kind of like, yeah, okay. But something I honestly, clicked. I, did, I didn't care before. Yeah. Like, I'm being yeah. totally, like, so serious. Right. Like, I didn't really care about my prophetic words that much, especially the ones that you're getting ready to talk about. Yeah, so he, he walks into the room. He's standing there. It's happening. It's happening. And I finally realized he's talking about his prophetic words. And what he's doing for the first time, what he's doing on his own for the first time is seeing... His eyes are open in the spirit and he's seeing what God has actually said about him all along. And then he was seeing things that God said years ago when he was in elementary school that God was really doing in his life. And he's going, it's happening. One of his prophecies said, by the time you're 14 or 15, you're going to begin to prophesy. And so he's recognizing it happened dad on the bus. And so I remember just getting up out of bed. You know, those are moments that you have to take advantage of as a parent. Sleep's not important. And getting up out of bed and just going in his room and say, okay, let's talk about this. Let's see. And, you know, when I got tired, I was like, we'll talk about it again tomorrow. (laughs) But he was like, dad, I want to go over every word with you, like line by line. And I was thinking, like, I have them memorized. But but I was so proud in that moment. But, But as parents, this is why we pray for our children. This is why for years when you don't see things happening, that you don't give up. This is why praying in the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede through us. Romans 8, just like we talked about. There were many times the Holy Spirit prayed that perfect prayer because as a dad, I didn't know what to pray. As a mom, Lynn didn't know what to pray. And the groanings and the moanings of the Holy Spirit, this is why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit so He can intercede through us and pray those perfect prayers. And it's not that, you know, Cullen is perfect and, and sinless, but it is now his... Thanks. <laughs> or me for that matter. But it's that we, because there's no junior Holy Spirit, it's that we value and we honor the Holy Spirit and we look for him to continue teaching us so that we can always grow. You know, one of the cool things there, and I'm going to wrap this up here shortly. One of the cool things is that that, Toronto experience for him was something very similar to me back in 1997. In 1997, um, I was in my young 20s and just started um, leading worship uh, as a worship pastor at that time, worship leader really, um, and started in youth ministry. And Holy Spirit is just breaking out because we had had a connection with Toronto and and some speakers came in and, and it just started you know, outpouring in our little church in West Virginia. And then at that time I started taking van 
vans of students up, two, three van loads of students up to Toronto to the same conference. Um, and, and to have now, at that time, it was, you know, a different name, Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. But, but the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit. And even though I can't put onto my children their experience, I can't tell them what to have. And my kids all experienced something different that weekend. It's not just about the weekend. It's about honoring the Holy Spirit in your life. And because my life was radically changed and what I was able to then do for, uh, to pour out in others, I, ex- I expect the Holy Spirit to do that for all of us, for our congregations. For That's why nights of worship, prophetic nights are so important. Encounter weekends are so important because you never know when it's going to be your day right here on the carpet. You never know when it's going to be your day um, to receive something from him. Uh, Dad, we're actually out of time. Now I really feel like a preacher. All right. If, it, if this was a black church, we're just now starting the sermon, if you know what I'm saying. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. The sermon just now starting. We got a time. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we ain't done yet either, so. I got a feel. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop Garlington raised us well, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Holy Spirit, <laughs> teach us, guide us, direct us. <laughs> I think we just give Holy Spirit a moment to, to have an encounter with us. Why don't we do this? Why don't we all stand? Covenant Church, go ahead and stand. Those of you watching online right now, if you're in your living room, whatever, you're watching live, go ahead and just stand. Just, just, if I was to give you a gift to say, hey, I have a gift to give you, you would probably do an action like this. And what if you just hold out your hand right now? Hold out both hands. Let's just, let's see what gift Holy Spirit has for all of us today. He knows your heart. He knows what you have need of before you even ask. So Holy Spirit, right now, we ask you to come upon us. We ask for a waterfall. A waterfall of your baptism. A waterfall of your presence. A waterfall of your goodness. A waterfall of something that's life-changing. We're asking for what was prophesied that in these days of an outpouring, that the hearts of the fathers would turn to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Though we're asking for a great move of God to come upon our lives, to come upon our churches, to come upon our states. Come, Lord, and just move in our midst. Come and move in our families, Lord. Come and meet the needs. Come and do the things that that we don't know how. Come and give us great wisdom and revelation. Come, Spirit of God. Wind of God, come. Receive the Holy Spirit from the breath of God. Just pray for us. Holy Spirit, just reign in this place. 
let there be a fresh encounter of your goodness, of your friendship. Father, the scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I just want to break any, any veils that are before us. Any, any strongholds that are upon us, that we just break them in Jesus' name. That we are free in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is with us and will guide us. And that we will know him as a friend, as a person, as a brother, because of how powerful he is and how strong he is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To connect with us, go to OasisCityChurch.com. You can watch all of our live events on the Oasis City Church app, YouTube, and Facebook Live. And please join us next Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. in Westerville on East Wind Drive.